What I want to talk to you about tonight is in relation to healing. God wants you well. But there's a principle that you see all through the Bible that I want to talk to you about tonight. And it's about living in the light, or you could say it this way, living under the sound of the Word of God. We, this is the environment that we live under. You're going to see a principle that the people who got healed in Jesus' ministry, they, they, they heard, they sat under the sound of the Word of God. They sat under the light of the Word of God and enabled them to receive the healing that he provided. I love that. So anyway, turn in your Bibles. Let's open up. We're going to go right to Proverbs chapter 4. And we're going to start in verse 20. And if you've been around here very long, you, all you have to do is drop your Bible and it'll probably open to Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. There is so much. Um, if you're taking medicine, you know, you want to take it according to the prescription. Well, this is the prescription on how you take God's word. Okay? So we're going to look at this. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20, and we're going to go through verse 22. It says here, my son, attend to my words. That means, number one, we put God, the word attend means to put God's word first. So we attend to the word of God. Then he goes on to say, incline your ear unto my sayings. Well, God's sayings would be his word. So that means incline your ear means to give God's word your undivided attention. Now that's a challenge because there's a lot of things that vies for your attention. How many of you have an iPhone or a, you know, a Samsung or you know, one of these smartphones, right? You gotta be careful because it can control your life and it makes it very hard. I, I really like my iPhone because predominantly I use it for the word of God. You know, I load tons of teaching on it. I'm all, I have Bible software on it. You know, I use it to play worship music. I use it as technology to, to keep me under the sound of the word. But if you're not careful, it can become a distraction. And this is saying, in order to take the word of God, see, if you don't take medicine by the prescription, how many of you know it won't really work for you, right? So... If you don't take God's word as prescribed, it's not going to work for you. Brother Hagen said it this way. He said, the word of God always works if you work it. Right? So he said, my son, attend unto my words, incline your ear unto my sayings. Let them, talking about God's words, not depart from your eyes. So what, what God is saying is, you have to make a conscious effort to always see yourself having what God's word says he's given you. That's how you take it, right? And then it goes on to say, keep them, keep God's words in the midst of your heart. So now this tells us that this, what we're talking about here is not a mental exercise. We got to keep them in the midst of our heart, does that, does that make sense? That's your spirit. So this is not a mental exercise. What it's saying here is you have to let God's word impact your spirit, man. Okay? 
And then it says, for they, God's words, why, see, verse 22 tells us why we should do this. For God's words are life unto those, unto them that find them. Their life. God's words are life. Keep that in mind. Their life unto those that find them, which denotes you have to do a little looking. Right? What, what, is, the, what is the challenge? Well, gosh, to put, God, to put God's word first, I'm going to have to overcome the sin nature in my flesh because that wants to put me first. Right? To incline my ear, to give it my undivided attention, that means I'm going to have to shut some things off. i got to shut some voices off. i got to control, number one, my voice, what I'm saying to myself. Then I need to shut some other noise off in my life. Some of it, you know, if you're working in the corporate world, whatever job you have, it's in the world system, which is designed to steal, kill, and destroy from you. So you're going to have to go to the Lord and have the Holy Spirit teach you how to rest in the midst of toil. And he'll do that. He's made you above and not beneath. They're life unto those that find them. Well, what, how do you define finding God's word? It tells you right here. Finding God's word is when you make God's word part of your heart. That's how, that's how you know you found God's word. How do, you, how, do you, how do you find the word of God? You make it part of your heart. Well, how do I do that? I confess it. When I read it in the word of God, like if you're reading your Bible, read it out loud. I love listening to teaching, audio teaching, because you're hearing it. And then what you hear when a scripture jumps out, then you start speaking that scripture over yourself. Over and over and over. And the Holy Spirit will stir you to do that. Now what's happening now is you're, you're literally making it part of your heart, which means you're finding it. It's life to those that find it. And it's health. One translation says medicine to all of their flesh. Notice it doesn't say that healing scriptures are medicine or health to your flesh. It says that the whole word of God is life to your flesh. Okay? So keep this in mind. The whole... Now, never forget this. Boy, when, when this was spoken to me, it changed my life. The whole Word of God has a quickening and cumulative effect on your body. The Word of God has a quickening effect on your body. It'll make it alive. That, that word quickening means to make alive. It means to restore to health. It could be translated heals. The word of God will heal your body. It'll restore your body to health. It'll make it alive. Yeah, but you don't understand. I, I have a missing body part. Well, we're going to see examples where that's not a problem to God. They brought people who were maimed to Jesus. That's body parts growing out. Yeah, well, they took this out of my body. Well, that's not to say God couldn't put it back. Yeah, but you don't understand. I had this happen, and I don't have feeling in this part of my body, and they say there's nothing. No, no, not, we're, not that, we're talking something way beyond that. And, and the Word of God, it has this quickening effect on the human body. As you hear, see, you to, in order to be healed... In order to walk in the blessing, you want to sit 
under the light of the word. You want to constantly live under the sound of the word of God. Does that make sense? It also has an accumulative effect on your physical body, which means it builds, it accumulates. The word of God starts permeating every cell of your body. This is not my idea, right? If you don't believe me, just stay for this service because we're going to go through a lot of scriptures, right? The whole word of God has a quickening and cumulative effect on your body. Why is that? Why does it have a quickening and a cumulative effect on your body? The reason why is you cannot separate God from his word. God is one with his word. And he's in you and you're in him. See, this passage is really explaining what healing is all about. It's showing us how to get healed. So now let's go to John chapter 6 in verse 63 and let's look at something Jesus said that sounds a lot like Proverbs 4. It sounds a lot like Proverbs 4.22. John 6.63. Guys doing good? All right. This is healing school. This is going to teach you how to minister healing. Not good news? Know anybody that's sick? Let me just say this. Man, uh, this was just exploding on the inside of me all day. We have to know that one of the mandates on our church, one of the things about reaching people and changing lives, one of the major things is Faith Family Church will always be a place where people could come and get healed. Amen. Always. Where the sick can come, no matter how, how devastating it is, and they'll get healed because God's the healer. Amen. Amen. And we're going to preach that from the mountaintops. Amen. So John 6.63 says this, It is the Spirit that quickens. So now, we're at, remember in Proverbs it said the Word of God is full of life and power? Well, now it's kind of defining this a little bit. It is the Spirit that quickens. That means to make alive, to restore to health, to heal. It's a, it says here, the flesh profits nothing. So it is the spirit that quickens. In other words, spiritual things have, it brings, spiritual things like the word of God, it brings healing power. It brings, it causes things to come to life, to be healed, to be, to be restored. This is more than your physical body, but this is talk. We're, we're specifically talking about the, your physical body tonight. But if you're in financial trouble, if you have things that are a mess in your life, whatever it is, you could apply that. Same thing. The flesh profits nothing. Well, what does he mean by that? I'm glad you asked. The actions of the flesh, the deeds of the flesh, Anything you're doing on your own to try to make a way towards God, it profits nothing. You got to get that right. It's the spirit that makes alive. The flesh, if you're trying to be good enough, if you're trying to do this or that, the flesh profits nothing. We don't do works on our own to try to get some of this stuff. No, 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 no. This has already been given to you, and now we simply just work out what God's working in. Amen. 
And then he says this, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. So look at that with Proverbs 22. So now if you put the two together, the word of God, their spirit, their life, and their health. Their spirit, their life to those that find them, and their health to all of their flesh. God knew what kind of world we were going to live in. He knew that his children on this earth would have a brand new spirit that's eternal, that cannot be touched. But he also knew that we weren't going to get the glorified body until we get to heaven. So we're living in this world where sin and death are here. We have an enemy here. Our bodies are subject to sickness and disease. So he's given us his word. Doesn't that sound like Psalm 10720? He sent his word and healed them. So now I live under the sound and under the light of God's word, and it's quickening and it's a cumulative effect bringing health and healing to me. We should walk around all day and just say, Father, I thank you that your word is health to all my flesh. I wonder what that would do to us. Because as you say that, your word is health to all my flesh. Your word, Father, is health. Pain's hitting your body. Father, I thank you. Your word is health to all my flesh. Your spirit is quickening my mortal body right now. I thank you that I'm healed. I wonder if you said that over and over and over, if all of a sudden you wouldn't hear it. Faith would come and your body would change. Well, I really don't wonder. I know that's true. This tells us that the quickening power, the healing power of God is through the Spirit. Okay? The healing power of God is spiritual. It, yes, it heals my physical body, but it's spiritual. It is a spiritual force. It's the Word of God that heals my physical body. You got that? Does that make sense? This is huge. See, we can't compare natural things to spiritual things. Do you see when you know this, you start thinking, some people will go, well, if I'm healed, should I take medicine? What, what does that have to do with anything? Because healing is a result of the word of God, right? So don't compare... See, Satan will always ask you. He'll always talk to you about the natural things. Should you go to the doctor? Should you have the surgical procedure? Should you not? Should you take medicine? Should you not? And all he's trying to do is get your eyes off Jesus because none of that's the issue. Right? What you got to do is take your medicine, the Word of God, and then you just speak these things, and the Holy Spirit, isn't it his job to lead you into all the truth? So if he tells you to have a surgical procedure, guess what? He knows where you're at. But when you have it, realize that surgeon might just cut you open, adjust some things, put some new things in there, take out some things. You're still, still going to need to be healed. But if you keep feeding on the Word of God, you'll get to the point where you don't need medicine. You don't need surgical procedures. That's what I'm saying, right? 
But don't be afraid of all this stuff. God, God, remember what Jesus always does is he meets you right where you are and then he brings you up. It has a cumulative effect. So what I would encourage you to do tonight is start the process if it's not started. Because see, this is what we're doing right now. This is how we're living our life. If I'm living under the sound, under the light of the word, so this is what we do. We come to church and we sit here for an hour and a half. Maybe a little longer. I've been known to be a little, what are you guys smiling about, right? <laughs> right? So we live under it, and then we leave, and we get real busy, and we do this. And then all of a sudden, things start getting bad, and we go like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, this, we got to break that cycle, because we got to stay under the word. God would never require you to do something you can't do. Because the Bible says if you're just willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. So we can do it. But remember, with God, you don't do it in your own strength. You don't do it in your own wisdom, in your own might. No, you do it with the help of the Holy Spirit. So you literally start where you are, and you start declaring what's on your heart to declare. Cumulative effect. Because God's word is spirit and life, it has a cumulative effect healing effect on your body i we used to sing this song years ago the word is working mightily in me that because that's that's where this came from the word is working mightily in me Amen. the more you live under the light under the sound of the word of god the more results you will receive from the word of god the word of God is what does the work. He sent his word and healed them. What prospers you? The word. What gets fear out of your life? The word of God. What strengthens you? The word. What's another way to say that? Jesus. So let's jump over to Romans chapter 4, verse 17. We want to look at another scripture that says kind of the same thing as we've just been looking at. Romans chapter 4 in verse 17. So we got Proverbs chapter 4, right? Now, we, now we're going to look at Romans chapter 4. We've looked at John chapter 6, verse 63. It talks about how the word of God, its spirit, it's life to those that find it, and that, that, that's life, that's zoe, the God kind of life, and health to all our flesh. Now in Romans chapter 4, verse 17, it says, as it is written, and now it's going to quote Genesis 17, 5, talking about Abraham, I have made you a father of many nations. God told Abram that when he had no children. Why? Because the language of faith, the, the, literally the job description of God, and this, this literally describes the job description of God, he calls those things which be not as though they are. So God's just talking. This is the way he talks. This is the way he tells us to talk. He says, I've made you, Abram, a father of many nations. Oh, don't be bothered by that little thing like you don't have any children or you can't have them because that's impossible because I just said I've already made you a father of many nations. It says, before him whom he believed, even God. And now here's God's job description who quickens the dead. He makes alive the dead. He restores to health the dead. 
He heals the dead. Wow, that's good. Have any nerves in your body that might, they might say they're dead? I mean, whatever. I'm just, you know, I'm, when I'm saying these things, they're just kind of coming out of my spirit. So grab that. Right? It says here, and God calls those things which be not as though they were. So I don't walk around if I'm sick saying I'm not sick. I'm calling that, that thing that, that's not as though it was. Why? Because God says he sent his word and healed me. By his stripes, I was healed. So if I was, then I am. And when I study it out, I find out that I was healed 2,000 years ago, and I'm only 56. So, I mean, I'm so healed. I was healed 1,944 years before I was ever born. Satan, are you taking notes? I'm not going to buy the lie of a little fever or an ache in my body or blood levels that aren't working out or organs that are, whatever. I, I was healed way before I was ever born. So that means you have to get out of my body. See that? So now we're in Romans. It says here, so it says this, he makes alive. Doesn't that sound like Proverbs chapter 4? Doesn't that sound like John 6, 63? So now let's go to Romans chapter 8, verse 11. I've quoted it a couple times. I can't get this one out of my heart, never want to. Romans chapter 8, verse 11, it says, But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus dwells in you. So literally, the Holy Spirit of God that raised Christ from the dead dwells in my spirit. Wow! That's great, but what if he's just on vacation? Right? What if, well, you know, when the last apostle died, he just... He's taking a vacation now. No, that wouldn't be good, but it says here, but if the spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. So if you could picture your spirit with just the quickening, healing power of God coming out of it, going into every cell of your body. Wow. Because i got to tell you, any sickness or disease compared to the power of the Holy Spirit is not a big deal. So here, again, we have another scripture that says that the Spirit of God makes us alive. He heals. So you have Proverbs 4, John 6, 63, Romans 4, 17, Romans 8, 11, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, the Bible says, let every word be established, and we just gave you four. But I could give you a lot more, but you guys want to get out sometime tonight, right? So now here is the temptation. And here, here's the big temptation. People are looking for someone who has a special anointing, a special power from God to minister to them. Boy, I hope you didn't come here tonight because you think I have some special power from God to because see see if I have some special power 
from God and you're relying on that, what if I'm having a bad day? But does the Holy Spirit, does the power in the Word ever have a bad day? So it'll work every time. See, ministers get into bondage because they think they better pray more to try to stir up so that God, if, they're just, if they just pray enough, that he could stir up some special anointing so that they could go minister to the sick in a way that they'll get phenomenal results. Lord, help us. Jesus is the healer. Don't be afraid to lay hands on the sick. If the Lord leads you to lay hands on somebody, lay hands on them. The enemy will sit on your shoulder and go, but what if they don't get healed? That's not our deal. I can't heal anybody. But the Bible says when I lay hands on the sick, he will heal them. And the Lord will heal the sick. Right? So I'm going to tell you a little story about Brother Hagen. Kenneth Hagen, he, you know, he's a founder of the Bible school I went to. Well, in 1950, in Rockwall, Texas, he had a vision. And so... He appeared to Brother Hagen. Now we're talking about a special anointing. So this happened to Brother Hagen. And it was proved over the next, he went home to be with the Lord in 2003. So for 53 years, it was proved over and over and over and over again. Okay? So Jesus appears to him. He took the finger, one of the fingers on his right hand, and he put it, I'm left-handed, I'm trying to do it the other way. He put that finger in the palm of both of his hands and told Brother Hagen, let me just, I just want to read this. I have given you, he already, it's always past tense, I have given you a special anointing to minister to the sick. Tell the people of this vision of what, what I've said to you, and if they'll believe it, my healing anointing will work to heal their bodies. Well, I'm here to tell you tonight, nothing like that has ever happened to me. I've never had a vision of Jesus. But yet I've laid hands on the sick and I've seen him recover. But I, do I have some special anointing from God? You know, I'm kind of glad. I, I'm so thankful for all the anointing that he's blessed me with. Is there a healing anointing that works through me? Yeah. But it works when people believe his word. As a matter of fact, that's the way really a lot of times, predominantly in Jesus' ministry, it worked the same way. So don't see our whole culture. You know, I watch certain football games because I like certain players. We're always looking to people. Get the looking to people out of your vocabulary. God is your source. God is your healer. Oh, you know, thank God for your pastor. Yeah, pray for me. You know, love me. I mean, I feel I live under a great environment of that. But don't base your life on me. It's on him. Amen? Amen. And that's not a false humility. That's reality. So we have seen over the years these gift ministries that are fantastic. Men and women that have had, I mean, Catherine Coleman, you can go down the list, Oral Roberts, people that have had incredible gifts 
where people would come and miracles and healings were wrought. But you know, if you study those things out, statistically, if they didn't connect themselves after receiving healing, if they were not connected to a local church that would teach them the word of God, many of them would lose it. How, what do I mean lose it? I don't mean lose it like you lost your keys. No, this is what it looks like to lose it. Okay, I'm holding, I have my healing, and this is what it means to lose it. I let it go. Does that make sense? So 10% in gift ministries. People would flock. Keith Moore tells stories about Brother Hagen. Brother Hagen would call him up and go, hey, Keith, man, can you do this meeting for me tonight? And he'd have just enough time to go out, hop in his car, and drive to another state. So you got to understand, in some of these meetings when Brother Hagen got real well-known, there'd be thousands of people. Could you imagine? And here comes Keith. Now, we all know Keith because he's on TV now, and, you know, but nobody knew him back then. And by the way, who cares because I just drove 500 miles because I'm sick and I need Brother Hagen to lay hands on me. My pastor in California was a crusade director for him. People would come up, and when Brother Hagen got tired, that anointing would go off of him, he'd leave. And they'd come up, we have, this is the last night, we have to see Brother Hagen. And Pastor Mike's going, you know, he's not available, but you know, I'll lay hands on you. What, who are you? Shut up. Who are you? See, we're looking towards a man. We can't do that. Because the word will work every time because God is the healer. People have to have faith and they have to know how to lay hold and receive from God. And that comes from the word. The word of God works every time. When you come to understand this truth that the word of God is the power of God to heal your body. When you understand the word of God is, you could be in your living room and you could get healed. And I love it right now. We're living in a time, there's never been more spiritual, um, what should I say? We, we have more access to the word of God than ever before, but there's never been more spiritual ignorance. So it's really kind of a weird situation. However, just hide and watch because what's going to happen is I believe the church is going to wake up get revived, and they're going to go from here to here in this area, right? So when you come to understand that the word of God is the power of God to heal, not the minister's ability to teach, not the minister's ability to operate in a special anointing. I thank God for all that stuff that he works through me. But it's not in that ability. It's in the word of God that brings healing. Then you can receive your healing every time and as your pastor who loves you i'm here to tell you that's the best way put all your eggs in that basket you don't have to if you hear somebody on tv who's dynamic and things are happening you don't have to drive to florida go drive to canada go drive to california to to have no you don't have to do that now if the lord leads you to do that great but i got to tell you the healing power of god is in his word See, we're so indoctrinated in our culture to look at celebrities, 
to look at special people. And I got to tell you guys, we have celebrities in the church. Be careful with that. Yes, I love and respect these men and women of God, but I am not looking to them or any special anointing on their life because I've learned that the Word has the anointing. The Holy Spirit is down on the inside of Tony Finley and he's quickening my mortal body. Every day when I speak the Word and, and read the Word and sit under the Word, it's, it's literally health to all my flesh. It's building it up. Amen. That's what we focus on. We're so indoctrinated in our culture to look at these people, so indoctrinated to look for someone to have something. Now, let me tell you, looking for someone to have something is not inappropriate. You're like, what are you talking about? As long as the one is Jesus, Amen. this is not inappropriate. So never look for a certain minister and realize this, that Jesus always, always, always works with his word. Amen. In Mark 16, verse 20, when Jesus was now going back into heaven, Mark, you don't have to turn there, but it, it literally says, and they went forth after he went into heaven and preached everywhere. And then it says, the Lord working with, and it says in the King James Version, them, but that word them is in italics. Listen, God's not working with me tonight. He's working with and confirming his word. My goal tonight is to flow with him. The Holy Spirit's not going to flow with me. I'm so glad because I could flow right off a cliff. I've done that before, right? See, I'm gonna, he's going to, I flow with him. Amen. 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 That's worth coming tonight. Jesus works with his word because Jesus and his word are one. John 1.1, 1, 1, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Right? Verse 14, and the word did what? Became flesh. Basically, it, it basically in the Greek says the word ceased hold upon flesh. And the word became flesh or was made flesh he, and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten son of God, full of grace and full of truth. In Revelation chapter 19, at the second coming of Christ, at the end of the tribulation period, in verse 11 through verse 13, this is exactly what's going to happen and you and I are going to be there. We're not going to be here, though. We're going to see an aerial view of this deal, which will be really nice. Right? I, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I don't really like heights, but I don't think I'm going to mind it if I'm with Jesus. Right? But it says, here it comes, and I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called faithful and true, and in righteousness doth judge and make war. His eyes were as of a flame of fire. Wow, he's not coming back as the Lamb of God, right? Don't want to be on that side of that deal. And on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself, and he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and now it's going to tell us what the eternal name of Jesus is. 
and his name is called the Word of God. I'm telling you, what some men and some women ministers have done in this earth is amazing. And I look at it and go, wow. But what I'm saying wow about is how that God is doing this stuff. The someone is Jesus. It's not the person teaching. It's not the person preaching. It's not the person laying hands on people. So to stay under the light. Why am I keep hammering on this? To stay under the light of the word of God. To sit under the sound of the word of God. You have to put it first place. But when you live under it, you will. Because it's Jesus. And it's the greatest thing in the world. And he's irresistible. And no man will ever have a place in, in front of him ever in my life. I love that. In Isaiah 53, in verse 4 and 5, it says, Surely, I believe the Holy Spirit, the beginning of this talks about healing. I believe the Holy Spirit knew in this great redemptive chapter how we would deal with people that just believe healing was done away with, God heals some and not others, and all this nonsense. It says, Surely, I love that, He hath borne our sickness and carried our disease or our pain. We know that. See, it says he's borne our griefs. But it's the Hebrew word koli, which every time in the Old Testament is translated sickness and disease. And he's carried our sorrows. It's the Hebrew word makab. It literally means pain every other time it was ever translated. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted, Verse 5, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. I love that. Some people say in Matthew 8, 17, where it gives the Holy Spirit's commentary on this. They'll say, well, here, turn over to Matthew 8, 17 real quick. I think I've even, let me just look at it right here. Turn to Matthew 8, 17. I love this. I'll start in verse 16. When the evening was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils. And he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. So then people will go, okay, so it's not griefs and sorrows. Okay, so okay, I'll agree with that. It's sickness and pain. However, it says it's fulfilled. But if it was just those people that one night, first of all, that word fulfilled is kind of a continual present thing. So, but let's forget that. Look at what it says. In Isaiah, it says, or it says in verse 4, surely he hath borne their sicknesses, right? If it was talking about that one specific people, wouldn't it have said, surely he has borne their sicknesses? It, it wasn't talking about just that specific group of people that night. Here's another reason why that can't be true, because he healed other people after that that's just a little nugget sorry I don't want to get on that soapbox I got to keep going here 
But we access that someone that we're looking to for healing, we access him through the word of God, right? So now I'm going to tell you another little story about Brother Hagen. I tell stories about myself, but his stories are even much better than mine. So I, I wrote this down just to make sure I got it right. But in the 1960s, there were a lot of tent revivals. People were going like Oral Roberts' tent held 20,000 people. That's a big tent, right? And a lot of people, so, so a, lot of pe a lot of miracles, healings taking place, all this stuff's going on with Oral Roberts and a lot of guys. Brother Hagen, the Lord directed him to go behind where some of these crusades were being held after they had gone and then Brother Hagen was led to go in these small local churches and hold meetings. And Brother Hagen would never take a meeting. The Lord told him not to take a meeting for less than two to three weeks as the Lord directed him. So some, some, in some churches, he's there six, seven weeks. You know, but two to three weeks minimum. Now, what it was, these meetings, Brother Hagen, the morning meeting would be a teaching meeting. And it was every day. So if he was there two to three weeks every day in the morning, he's there teaching on healing every evening. Now that's church every day, twice a day. See, already in our culture right now, we wonder why we're so weak. That tilts us. Are you, are you kidding? Jeanette remembers that. She grew up in, in daily meetings. Kathy and Gary would take Jeanette. I mean, Jeanette's climbing under the pews as a little girl in all these daily meetings. I mean, people were hungry for the things of God. Don't worry, that's all coming back. Amen. It's all coming back. It's going to be wonderful. When you get all your friends healed and saved, it's going to be great. So, so anyway, Brother Hagen in the evening services, they would be like healing meetings. So, so this is what has taken place. In one of the morning meetings, Brother Hagen saw this lady. And she, you know, the morning meetings, you could imagine the, the crowds were really small. So you'd kind of get to know people that would come every day. Well, in the morning meeting, he noticed this lady. She looked very prominent, very well-dressed, just the way she handled herself. And, and the pastor, he's like, well, who is that lady? And the pastor said, oh, I met her. She, uh, she works for Billy Graham's ministry, and she was diagnosed with a physical condition, and they've given her a leave of absence to come to these meetings because they've heard about you know, what's happening uh, in, in your meetings. So he goes, okay, great. Well, after, like, right after, you know, maybe a day or two, and, and she came up to him after, the lady came up to Brother Hagen after the morning meeting and said, Brother Hagen, I'd like you to lay hands on me to be healed. And, and Brother Hagen looked at her and said, you know, let me read, I just want to get what he said here. He, he saw that she didn't, she wasn't in a position to receive healing from the Lord. Okay, so she's not in a position to receive healing. He could tell. And he tells her, he goes, you know, I'd rather not lay hands on you now. I'd rather you just come to all the meetings. Can you, can you come? And she's like, yeah, I'm here. Just come to the meetings and sit under the word of God. So um, he said he didn't want to lay hands on her because he didn't see a quick... Because he was concerned. He said, I'm concerned. If, I, if you don't see a result quickly, you're going to give up. And he goes, you just, he goes, you just sit in these meetings. And then Brother Hagen said this to her. He said, and when I see faith in you, I'll lay hands on you and you'll receive your healing. 
So he told her to sit under the word. She came every morning. She came every evening. In the morning services, Brother Hagen would teach on subjects like what faith is, right? How faith comes, how to release your faith, how that it's God's will to heal everyone. He would teach on the basics of faith and healing. He would do this all the time. Somewhere, Brother Hagen told the story, somewhere in the second week, he said the lady was in this meeting and as he was preaching, he just happened to glance at her and her face, he said her face lit up. He, he used the words like a neon sign in the dark. And so he stopped, he just, he stopped preaching and he goes, and he, he whatever, he, I don't know if you remembered her name, if he just said, lady, go ahead and stand up and, and just, and I want you to lift your hands and receive your healing. So here's this lady so, and now there's a lot of pastors from all the, all the different churches in the area. They're all kind of in relationship, a lot of denominational pastors. And so she stands up and when she lifts her hands, as soon as she opens her mouth, she starts speaking in tongues and she's miraculously healed. So, so anyway, and this is like the first thing that's happened in these meetings. So, so anyway, all these pastors after the service are coming to Brother Hagen going, hey, we got some questions. First of all, how did that lady talk in tongues? You know, and Brother Hagin's like, you know, all I could figure is she just, she just was so hungry and wanted that God just gave her everything she needed. And she just received her healing and that. And then they're like, well, and also, Brother Hagin, how did you know she was in faith? How did you know she was in faith? Brother Hagin said, he goes, I saw a light come on inside of her. Remember Psalm 119, verse 130? The entrance of thy words brings light. That word entrance in the Hebrew language is the opening of your word brings light. So what happened was, she was sitting under the sound of the word. She's sitting under the light of the word. She's speaking it. She's living it. She's saturating herself in. And then in one of those services, the Holy Spirit brought revelation. And remember, what's Romans 10, 17? Faith comes by hearing the word of God. Right? See, some people, because they can quote a scripture, they think they're in faith, but they're not in faith because they're not sitting under the light of it. The light hasn't come on yet. Remember, the word will never fail you. Healing has already been provided for you. You don't have to try to beg God for it. He's already given it to you. It's a matter of you literally laying hold of it. Well, the only way you're going to be fully persuaded is when light comes, when you see it. So live under the light of it. That's why I'm saying these things. The entrance or the opening of his word brings light. Brother Hagen made this statement about this lady. He said, I knew if I could keep her under the sound of God's word, God's word would do the work. Wow. I knew if I could keep her under the sound of God's word, that God's word would do the work. I'm here to tell you tonight, whatever you need, you live under the sound of God's word and God's word will do the work. I mean, I'm telling you, that's the way it works. 
You can tell the difference on people's faces when they're in fellowship with God and when they're not. When person's in fellowship with God, you could see the light. You could just see the light on them. Right? I mean, I, I'm, I'm like seeing a lot of light here. Just talk to them. Dare them. I dare you to not talk about Jesus for 10 minutes. They can't do it. Because the word has captured them. The light is there. You could tell when a person, now I'm not talking about relationship because they're still a child of God, but when a person takes their eyes off Jesus and they're not fellowshipping with the Lord, when they're not sitting under the sound of it, that, that light is not there. But all you got to do, see if you're sitting there tonight, don't worry about it. Just flip the switch. You're not a million miles away. You're one decision away. Right? The light is the glory of God. We're to reflect the image of Jesus. In 2 Corinthians 3.18, it, it gives us a picture of this. It says, in 2 Corinthians 3.18, it says, but we all with an open face or an unveiled face, beholding as in a glass, this Greek word means mirror, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are changed our metamorphosed is the Greek word. That means I'm transfigured. I'm transformed, what? Into the same image. As I peer in to God's word, which is Jesus, I am changed into the same image. How am I changed? From glory to glory. Who changes me? Even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Wow. See, this is what people need to see. They need to see it in us. We have to stay under the word of God. Hearing God's word, it brings breakthrough. You build your faith by hearing God's word. I'll close with this scripture. It's 817. Yes, I'll close with this scripture. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. I wanted to take you through Matthew a little bit, but we will, we'll do that next week. Hebrews chapter, if the Lord leads us, praise God, I got to always say that. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. It says, for the word of God is quick. Here we go again. Means full of life. It's and powerful. And it's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. This scripture is giving us a spiritual illustration of the word of God. It's full of life. If it's full of life, then it can't have anything but life in it. And it's full of power. So now it's a two-edged sword. That means it's very sharp. It divides soul and spirit. What does that mean? God's word is the only thing sharp enough to tell the difference between spiritual things and soulish things. It's the only thing that could tell you that. Joints and marrow. Now it's explaining physical seen things. Joints, marrow, 
spiritual unseen things. So if you look at this, the spiritual illustration of the Word of God, it's showing us that the Word of God is full of life and power, and it divides things. It divides soul and spirit. It divides flesh and spirit. It, it shows you the difference. It'll divide things that you can see and things you can't see. The, the Word of God will always do that. When we start, see, it will tell you, like, like for me as a pastor, when, when everybody starts this whole thing, they come here, we talk about being led by the Spirit. As soon as they start talking about being led by the Spirit, here is always the question. Pastor, I just don't know if this is the Holy Spirit's leading or if it's just my idea. Right? People are saying they cannot tell the difference between their spirit and their soul. But God's Word will tell you. A person can't tell you. I can't tell you, but God's word, which is a lamp to your feet and a light to your path, will tell you what is God's leading and what's just your idea. Isn't that good news? Because if you got to rely on me, I could make a mistake. That'd be a bummer. And, and guys, your wife is not your Holy Spirit. I mean, crushing, I know, right? No. No, no, and your pastor's not your Holy Spirit. And prophet so-and-so surely is not your Holy Spirit, especially if they're acting like they want to be, right? This is why we must renew our mind to the Word of God. Romans 12, 2. Now we're closing, and I'm going to make a statement that'll be worth you coming. Romans 12, 2 says, And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why? That you may prove what is the good, perfect, and good, acceptable, and perfect will of God for your life. Here's the thing. A renewed mind is not a mind that knows everything about the Word of God. And everybody said, thank God. <laughs> right? Yeah. That's not what a renewed mind is. All right, well, thanks for coming tonight. Oh, do you, got, you guys want to know what a renewed mind really is? A renewed mind is simply a mind that will always look to the Word of God first for the answer. So as you renew your mind with the Word of God, you'll get to the point to where, it's not that you know everything, but you know to look first to God's Word. That's the renewed mind. you got to know that. Staying under the sound of God's Word is what renews your mind staying under the sound of God's word is what will cause you in every no matter what kind of pressure no matter what kind of deadlines it will cause you to always not be moved from the outside but to always your mind will just look go okay what does God's word say it'll cause you not to worry about what a diagnosis is It'll cause you to believe the report of the Lord. Amen?